Welcome everybody to Mom Street USA. My name is Kate, aka the Disney Cicerone, and joining me today is a very special guest that is not Jackie. This is Kirk from Walrus Carp. And uh, so we're kind of calling this Dude Street, Bro, Bro Street. It's Bro Street. <laughs> and we're a bunch of bros. We're just drinking soup, having a good time. What's going on? <laughs> drinking soup. <laughs> no bros do that, but this bro does. <laughs> Hi, how are you, Kate? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, so tonight, um, instead of having like one specific topic we're going to talk about, I just thought, why don't I just come up with a bunch of random questions that Kirk has not seen ahead of time and just go from there. <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm ready. So I have I have two options of, of how to start, and you know, Kirk, you can you can choose your own adventure for this. Okay, I like so it. We can either do I, we can start off with a lightning round. You have to just answer quickly, or we can start off with more questions that you can get in more in depth. Then, which one would you like to start with? I'd like to do the lightning round while my brain is fresh and my soup is hot. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So this one, you can only give one answer, and you can't elaborate. One answer meaning like one word or like one quick short blurb. One quick short blurb. You can okay. give like a okay, like a enough. like a sentence or two. Okay, I'm but... ready. You can't like go on for like a half hour. No diatribes, so. got it. No, nope. no soapboxing, no. Okay, all right, ready? One food you will never eat again at Disney. Anything that is purple cheesecake flavored ice cream. Okay, one restaurant that is underrated that you wish more people knew about. <laughs> it's a hard one, sorry. It's, you know... <laughs> I will have an answer and I'm not supposed to talk a lot. Stop talking. I'm already failing at this. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. It's a great question. Sebastian's Bistro. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, one Disney food you could eat forever and never get sick of. Gaston Cinnamon Roll. One Disneyland Disneyland ride you wish was in Disney World, but not Alice. Ooh, you rat. <laughs> uh, Astro Blasters. Okay. Well, it kind of is in there. They almost have the same one. It's similar. Bite your tongue. They're really similar. Buzz Lightyear Space okay. Ranger okay, spin okay, okay, is okay. trash. Are you serious? <laughs> okay, we have the to stop. Same. No. It's not even the same gun. <laughs> um one extinct attraction you wish disney world would bring back alien encounter one favorite place to get water in all four parks hollywood studios front left by the hyperion theory theater uh across from the chinese theater it's a water fountain it has h-a-w-s on it okay we gotta do all four so that's oh, I have one in all four parks? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was Hollywood Studios. Uh, Magic Kingdom, you're going to go to Cosmic Rays. Uh, for Epcot, you're going to go to Regal Eagle and get spicy water. If you don't know what that is, that's just carbonated water. <laughs> spicy water. <laughs> Animal Kingdom, Restaurantosaurus. Well, Okay. Um, one favorite place for kids to play in the parks. Dinoland's Boneyard. Particularly the 
big site. Okay. That's pretty good. Those were most of my lightning round questions. You're okay. good. I'm, I'm ready. I'm like ready for more. Like fire them at me. Like I, I got mean, into I got it. Um, okay. How about one unique date night at the Disney parks? Pick some sort of thematic with a either a ride or a style of food and go and try each one. I would go to each of the parks and try one snack or one ride that goes together. So maybe you're just going to ride your favorite dark ride, their favorite dark ride at a certain park, you know, or your favorite sweet treat at this park, their favorite sweet treat. Then go to the next place and pick your favorite savory, your favorite savory. Go to the next place, pick your favorite non-alcoholic beverage, you know, something like that. That's fun. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, worst thing you've ever worn in the parks, like most uncomfortable? Probably May the 4th when I wore full wall carkin, which included a down jacket in the... in may in florida heat it was so hot and sweaty i was and we purchased a lot of giveaways for sub stuff all right i can't give explanations yeah that, that would be it Sorry. i think we all remember that yeah, so. yeah that, was a, that, was a, that was a big day not the grinch okay. the grinch was amazing i love the grinch all right favorite haunted mansion character sea captain i know i probably could have answered that question for you um all right. Best land in Magic Kingdom for families. Fantasyland. Okay. Um, minivan, yes or no? No, too expensive. Okay. Um, best Disney nighttime show. Fantasmic. Um. I think that I think I can't come up with any more off the top of my head. So I think that's the end of our lighting round. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you did pretty good. Grocery, <laughs> soups, and questions. What do you need? <laughs> we got you. Oh, oh, I have one. Uh, most overhyped restaurant from Hope. Le Cellier. Everyone, everyone, for, I'm going to give you a little bit on this one. I got to give okay. a little bit more meat on the bone because it is a steak place. Le Cellier, everyone raves about the filet and the beer cheddar soup. If you want to try those, go get them at Food & Wine. They're smaller portions. You get a taste of exactly what you would get in there. Yeah, you can't do the temp. Honestly, they cook them all pretty much like medium, so I think that's a fair setting. But the steaks are overpriced based on what you are getting, plus the filet. There's no fat in filets. There's less moisture. There's less richness. Head on over to Topolino's and get one of their char-grilled steaks much better experience. I do love Topolino's, but you and I've had this conversation before because I feel like I really want to try that beef tallow candle like that you eat, like the edible candle. Yeah. I just want to so, try it. So I would, here's the deal. I say that La Cellier is overrated for their steaks, which is what they're known for. The truth is La Cellier has some amazing, this is so weird. I like doing this. Mel likes doing this too as a couple. We do like picky foods where picky food is appetizers. So like we'll make dinner out of getting a bunch of apps. It's kind of we like yeah. the Americanized version of tapas, you know, where you just grab, you know, small plates. And their signature poutine, which has a red wine reduction, is so delicious and savory. It's way better than that steak or soup will ever be. That's fair. 
Yeah. I definitely want to try that candle eventually. See, that, that's something that seems very unique and interesting. So I think that would be, again, something that would be worth trying, but they're not known for that. Like, I mean, people know of it because it's unique, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who's like, I'm going to get the beef towel, except for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I haven't even gotten it. Like, yeah. I don't know. It could yeah. be awful. It could be. For all I know. I just think it's really interesting to make a candle out of something yeah. and you eat the candle. Well, That's like, a very interesting concept. It's like bone marrow is always, it's, it's so unique because you're literally holding a leg bone and you're scooping out the innards. It's like a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's and the presentation, lot. everything. Yeah. And if it's done well, it's really delicious. If it's done poorly, it is really awful and horrendous and you know you're eating a leg. So, right. you know. But those things are, I think we should all push ourselves to try some really unique Epicurean things. The tastiest, and this this is up there with the tastiest bites I've ever had in my existence, happens to be at Takumite, and it was their sea urchin. And it was a sea urchin like sushi. I've never had something so buttery and rich. I would have never thought that those spiny little suckers were so delicious. But I, I don't know, the way they prepared it. That's at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot. Extremely expensive, uh, but oh, so worth it. Oh, I have to try mm -hmm. that sometime. Um, <clears throat> there was also one, which was the most overrated food item at Disney. Mickey pretzel, Dole Whip. <laughs> we're going to say that. <laughs> I'd probably say Mickey pretzel or Dole Whip. Dole Whip. Yeah. Oh, no. Dole Whips are great. I just think oh that they goodness. get so hyped up like they're the second coming. And I don't know if I agree with that. I think there's <laughs> there's a lot of great frozen yeah. treats and desserts. Dole Whip just happens to be... Here's, all right. Dole Good Whips, luck. I can get at other theme parks and outside the theme parks in regular everyday life. In fact, they're now in the freezer section of your local grocer. I cannot do that with a citrus swirl. <laughs> Oh, Jackson says Dole Whips are perfectly hyped. What are you talking about? See, yes. So I will say, okay, I'm going to agree with you partially on this. I will agree that Dole Whips are kind of like oversold a little bit more for what they are. I think they're iconic, but I do think they can be oversold. I actually really liked that uh, Tropical Serenade, like, was so good, though. Mm. I have to say, like, when they combine it with something, like, I like the floats more than just the regular Dole Whip. I think it's really good. I wouldn't say it's like gourmet food, but it's like, you know, it's it's iconic. I think I think your two points of iconic and oversold, I agree with both because they are. I think everyone screams that Dole Whips are it. You have to get a Dole Whip. And I would agree if you've never heard of a Dole Whip, you've never had one. But is a Dole Whip always a necessary thing when you go to the parks? It depends on how much you frequent them and if you have access to them other places. When I actually felt really lonesome and missing Disney, we had a local place back in Marlton, New Jersey that sold Dole Whips and we would all go get Dole Whips and it would make me feel a little bit better. So there is, it is definitely attached to the theme parks, but I find that there are other better frozen treats uh, around, so. That's fair. I think <clears throat> there is no citrus swirl in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. You know, that's only a Florida thing. So I could see it being more of a thing in Disneyland. Yeah. The world. Yeah, I think it's it's special and iconic to me because it's attached again to the orange bird, which was just made to promote Florida citrus. And I just to me that makes it super special. I know that Dole Whip again was made for the parks, but still 
uh, there's something about Florida and the citrus world for me. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> okay, so now we can go into some things that are maybe we can talk a little bit more about because I think these are too hard to answer in one question <clears throat> or one like small phrase. So, sweet. Um, let's talk about um what extras you think are worth the added expense at Disney. So we're talking about things like mm. Magic Band Plus, uh, dining Ooh. packages, dining Ooh. plan, Ooh. minivan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but listen, you seat. can't answer this in like one sentence. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I, there are, like any trip or any travel advice, I think it is a misnomer or a misdirection to say that every answer is a one-size-fits-all. So the caveat here is that however you vacation is however you vacation. So everything I say are recommendations based on how I vacation and how I think most families who are relatively budget-minded are going to vacation. That doesn't mean that we can't splurge on things from time to time, but there are some things that I don't think are necessary. In your list, I can say I would pass on Disney dining plans, although I have not looked at the, there are some major new changes uh, that they don't include as much as they used to, but I don't know what the pricing discrepancy is. However, in years past, the dining plan, unless you are already staying at a resort uh, and were buying the park hopper tickets, which is what you would have to buy for the free dining plan, I never thought the dining plan was a good thing. And the biggest part was you had to have a massive, massive stomach. And it is not easy to eat through the sheer amount to get what I would consider your values worth. Really, what can I just, yes, how much yeah. they just released the new price update for it. So I'm just going to put that in here before you continue. So the standard dining plan um, will cost $94.28 per adult per day and $29.69. So $30, $95 $30 for child, so per day. Um, the quick service dining plan will cost $57 per adult per day and $23.83 per child, so $24. And so that the children actually, like the price for children, children went down, which is actually really surprising. Um, the cost for the standard dining plan for, plan for adults went up by like $20-ish. It's like, it's a significant, um <clears throat> increase but that's what we're looking at for cost so just to give you guys some context of, of and what's what what's included now. in just just like pick one of the plans and just does it show a breakdown of what the plan has included like is it a an app an entree a dessert an alcoholic beverage at table service um, places do you know what i mean if you don't have that breakdown don't worry about it i don't I'll have a standard it. dining plan i know the quick service i'm pretty sure it's two meals a day plus a snack and something else but yeah, yeah. so let's so, let's let's call it let's even bump up and just say it's two quick service meals one snack and one alcoholic beverage which it won't be but let's say it's that for 56 you could get your money's worth if you ate at places like uh docking bay seven and you bought the most expensive thing which would probably be the kadu ribs which are around 20 bucks roughly uh, so, like, I could see if you spent something like that. The problem is most places don't have something that high. Uh, and it depends on where you're going. And most times you don't need as much food 
as they're giving you, right? Like very, uh, it's very rare in a day that I need three quick service meals or two quick service meals. I really only need like yeah. two snacks. Especially when it's hot out. Yeah, two snacks and one quick service meal. Like got to get something substantial in yet like around noonish. Like a good lunch I think is fair and appropriate. Uh, but like okay. a big dinner or big breakfast, I don't necessarily think. So I agree. I have, I just pulled it up and everybody's kind of telling me too. So the thing I was missing, I was like, I know there's one more thing is that the quick service one has two quick service meals, one snack or non-alcoholic drink and one resort refillable mug. So that's what comes with the quick service. Mm -hmm. And then for standard per person, you get um, one table service entree dessert, lunch and dinner only, or full buffet, one quick service meal, including entree or combo meal, one snack slash non-alcoholic drink, and also the resort refillable mug. So you're going to get a table service, a quick service, and a snack or drink and the mug. So that's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. A lot. That's a, that is a ton of food. The, here's where I'm always going to be wrong, and I'm okay with it. It's for people who want to Ron Popeil, the set it and forget it crowd. The people who just want to prepay for their trip, know that it's taken care of, and know that they don't have to think about one more thing. Yeah. I respect and honor and understand that. However, uh, you're going to overpay and you will probably be overstuffed and slightly uncomfortable if you are eating all of the things that are required of you per day. Yeah. Um... Christina's asking, do they limit options you can choose from? I know that there are some limits. I know on snacks specifically, it has to have like the snack icon next to it on the mm -hmm. menu in order for it to count for a snack. And some of those like character dining ones, um, you have to use like table service. It's usually to like coach those, or at least it has yeah, to they, be passed. They call it signature dining. Like a place like Be Our Guest would be signature dining. I will tell you, if you are going to do the Disney dining plan, Never ever use your table uh, service credits, two of them. You are completely overpaying. You should pay out of pocket for any one of those signature dining experiences. Use yeah. your credits otherwise. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I I think um, Ali said it, she can't, can't imagine using uh, table service every day with her family because it takes so long. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Usually when we go with our family, it's like we do maybe one, maybe two table service in a whole trip um, every day. Some of those dining experiences, what we were at the barbecue, the Roundup um, rodeo for like two and a half, three hours. <laughs> we, we, we were there three time, hours. Yeah. But we were, yeah, it was a long, even if you ate quickly, it's a, it's a lot. So mm -hmm. it takes a huge chunk out of your park day. So if you're, if you're focusing on food and that's what you want to do, then that's fine but it does take a lot of time. I think Dara makes a good point. She goes, I like the set in and forget, not think about it, and the forced break a table service will give you. So I, I, I understand that perspective as well. I, you know what? We typically will do a forced break in the middle of the day because it's so hot and the parks get so crowded in the middle of the day. It's really nice to take two or three hours out of the parks and go back. Now, granted, if you're not traveling to the parks as frequently, I suggest you stay in the parks as much as possible. Uh, unless you have a really, really nice resort and you didn't plan a resort day, then you should go back in the middle of the day and take a break. Uh, if you're at a deluxe resort, then you should definitely take a break because more than likely you have deluxe hours at one of the parks and you can go and stay later with less lines. So utilizing 
the, the bookends of uh, the park day, the beginning and all the way at the end. If you are ride focused, it's the most efficient use of your time. Yeah. So that's why lunch is always a good time to take. If you are going to do a table service or anything like that, that's a good time to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm always an advocate for scheduling something usually around 11 ish a.m. Mm. when I do table service with my family, because you get up yeah. so early to get to the parks if you're going to do an early day. Um, so we get up really early, get in there first thing. And by 11, 11 a.m., we are ready for lunch. We're ready to sit down and get out of the crowds. And that's when all the crowds are pouring into the parks anyway is around 10, 30, 11. So it gets really busy. So it's a really great time to take a break. Um, and then you can still maybe do a few more rides or something after before you go back and take a break at your hotel because you still got enough time to do that. So yeah. that's usually what I do. No, I like that. That's a good call. The um all right, I feel like we've we've done dining plans enough. It's it's still gonna be a really tough decision for most folks. Uh, I will say to get your money's worth and your stomach's worth, just be prepared to eat and that will that will take out a portion of your ride time and park time. So just think about that when you're making those plans. Yeah, there's a lot of people saying they'd be too anxious to sit down every day at a meal because they want to get up and go and do things. And I agree, That's, yeah, <laughs> I get when, that way when I'm with my family. When I first uh, went to the parks with the kids, I did three table service. Uh, we were only there for like two days or three days. And one of them wasn't even a park day. And we were doing two to three table services a day because they were all character uh, meals and the kids were free. So we went to Cinderella's Royal Table. We went to Crystal Palace. We went to uh, Storybook Dining. Uh, like we did all of these top tier Garden Grill all in one trip. It was wow. it was great because we got to experience all of those places for way less than like I could never take my kids to it now. They never they're like little baby birds. It's like pointless, you know, except for seeing characters which. There's plenty of ways to see characters without going to a breakfast. Uh, yeah. So I just, yeah, we, and it's too much. It's just too dang much. Well, one yeah. table service is enough per yeah. day. Like it's oh, just too 100%. much. We're a quick and service family. Honestly, we're all yeah. about that quick service life. And we actually, we do um, bring sandwiches and stuff into the parks and lots of snacks too. So we don't spend as much. Yeah. And I, I feel like, especially when my kids were really little, I got so anxious at the character meals because the character, you never know when the characters are going like, to, you can kind yeah. of see it coming, but you never know where they're going to be there. Your kids are like have food all over their faces. You got to like clean them up. You got to like, like I couldn't just enjoy my food because every like five minutes I had to be like getting that picture with that character and like managing the meet and greet. And so it's fine. Like maybe once per trip, I could probably do that, but having multiple ones, like I get so much anxiety with those <laughs> character meals. They're not relaxing for me as a mom. Like I have to be so vigilant with like the wipes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah I, okay. I think I'm with you on, you are always, I feel like on guard and yeah. you know, you're ready to enjoy it. The biggest problem, and this is just a good tip in general. If you are going to do a character meet and greet, think about where you want to put the kids so that they have easy access to stands because you don't want, I'm going to be honest with you. I've done it. Don't do it. Don't take your pictures sitting at the table. Get up, get up if yeah. you can and get with the character to get, if your phone has the ability to do 0.5, like just zoom it out a little bit. Don't crop off Mickey's head. Just as long <laughs> as the center part of your picture is like everyone's faces and everything, they won't get distorted. 
the top and the bottom of the frame might get a little bit distorted, but you can get really, really close and not need a lot of room and get a nice full picture of everybody. Yeah, I agree. Definitely get out of your suffer when they're really, really little and they're like in a high chair and stuff. It gets it gets hard because <laughs> then you're yeah. like getting them up or getting bibs off or getting, you know, like so. I have a lot of pictures in Disneyland when my kids were little of like the characters standing behind their high chair. But in that way, we like we put them in a place where they the characters could easily just stand right behind them, which yeah. was really easy. So, yep. um, but I agree if they can get up and move easily, do that because those pictures are so much better. Well, here's the thing. You probably put them in something really cute or awesome. So if you put them in something cute and awesome, you want to see it. If you have a table and it's like up to here, you can't see yeah. half the point. Do you know what I mean? That's so true. So, so true. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about what other extras you think are worth the added expense. We kind of talked about dining plan. How about like Magic Band Plus? What do you think? So is it worth I, it? Mm, I'm a curmudgeon on Magic Band Plus and it's because of me. I'm not good at charging things or remembering <laughs> to charge things. That's why I use fuel rods all the time. I just remembered your glove box. Sorry. Oh, it's dude, you open up <laughs> my glove box and it's like, bleh, like just nothing but magic bands all over right uh so i love i love magic band plus however in a perfectly charged environment i think if you have never experienced it it is truly magical to have a magic band plus do i think they are perfect no but it is magic band plus 1.0 they will get better they will get more interesting the fireworks bounty hunting the 50th statues I'm trying to think of other things that interact with um, Magic Band Plus. There's something else that's... Uh, at the end of attractions, they'll light oh, up yeah, sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. you know what? I will say this. Disney, come on. Come on, step it up with the end of attraction Magic Band Plus features. If it's a little nicety, it's not a need to have. It's a nice to have. But if Disney had that at, at the end of every single... There would be much more reason to buy Magic Band Plus if it was always interacting. But I, I know there's probably some sort of happy medium where they don't want it to die on you and then have people complain. But again, we're in 1.0. Yeah, well, it's so funny because I saw it when I was, it's not perfect technology, obviously, a lot of Disney technology is not, but I saw this poor family on the Haunted Mansion and they couldn't figure out, like, one of their, like, magic bands lit up with the beating heart bride. It flashes red with because of the beating heart bride, which a lot of people don't even know what that is anymore. Um, but it's supposed to be at the end of the attraction, which in Disneyland it very clearly is because you don't know that you're close to, like, the... It just swings around and goes back to the entrance, but it's a lot closer in Disney World than it is in Disneyland. And so it was going off in the queue as they were loading onto their cars. And then they couldn't figure out how to make it go off again. So they were like waving everywhere. <laughs> it was, they did it for like a solid minute. And I was just like, I have to say something. I have to say, I was like, I was like, it's, I was like, it's because you're close to the exit and it's supposed to be at the exit, but it's just triggered it a little early. And they're like, oh. <laughs> They were all like interpretive dancing. Yeah, they thought they thought something was happening. <laughs> they thought they were. Which, I mean, that would be actually well, really fun if you could do that in the queue. Yeah, think about this for a second. The way that I, I don't know if you know or are familiar with Universal Hollywood and Super Nintendo World, but the I believe they're called power bands. But the slap-on bracelet, Mario, Luigi, those ones, there are all these different unique things in queue, outside, in the worlds that you can tap, find, and secrets show up. And a lot of these aren't even listed anywhere. That's 
Now we're talking about it. a much more. Now I think I do think bounty hunting was a step in the right direction. The actual way that you get your missions for bounty hunting, which you can only do using your Magic Band Plus, is incredible. Uh, the way when you collect your bounties, that animation and sequencing is incredible. The voice acting is great too. Uh, the actual bounty hunting tech is good when you're wandering around. My biggest gripe with it is there's not enough doors in unique enough locations to make you really have to wander throughout mm -hmm. Batu. There's only really two cordon off sections. It's like the one side of the marketplace where the refreshers and water fountain is, and the other side, which is just past uh, the smugglers run and ogas and that's it like there's no other spots so you know if like you're going one way or the other like that's it so it'd be nice if there was only one door over here and one door all the way over there one door that, do you know what i mean like mix it up and the only thing that if i if i could change it is not making me go into the disney plus app, or the play app while i'm playing bounty hunting when i hit yeah. the door i should scan the door and then an animation should happen on the door. Just it like they did. Do, I haven't done bounty hunting yet. It doesn't do that. You have to Lame. hold up your phone and you have to scan in the app the door. They should oh, have the, the, it should have a thing where you're like peeking in or whatever and you see them like a really funny animation and it's like, oh, we found them. Like, because it, it totally, this is what happens as a guest. You're, you're walking around, you're immersed in the world, you're, you're checking your M-band to see where it is. You found the door. Oh, hang on. Wait, what's, honey, what's our login for the Disney Play app? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, hang on, I gotta <laughs> sign into this thing. Let me just, um, okay, hang on, what, I scan it, how do I scan? Do you know what I mean? There's like a, yeah. there's a major, I understand it and it makes sense. However, there's this major storyline disconnect. Well, and it's harder so, for kids too. Like if yeah. kids could just run over and scan something and have something happen, yeah. like that's awesome, you know, but to have mm -hmm. like, oh, got to get mom or dad's phone or whatever, you know, and like, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the wands, I would agree. Sheena, uh, sh the wands in Harry Potter, I just got a wands yesterday and just started doing magic yesterday. The fact that, yeah, if you <laughs> get, couple puffs <laughs> have no ambition, okay? I have so much ambition, it's ridiculous. They literally are like, <laughs> if whatever happens, happens. Like, they just accept it. Like, they're, they're, I, there's a lot of other characteristics I agree with, but they literally have Sorry. no, there's no leadership qualities. Get out, you, I can't stand you. <laughs> Struggle Puffs have big hearts. That's okay, what I think. I can have and they're a big kind heart. And sweet That's fine. First people. Yeah, but Slytherins can be that too. There's no. Dude, just because Draco like puts off, I don't know, Severus Snape, although he seems cold, has one of the biggest hearts of that entire series. So I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well. He does. Yeah. yeah like he's yeah, literally but, trying to protect Harry all the time. You are nothing like Severus Snape. No. Yes, I know. I understand that. But we're all different people. Um, we do have a question. But do hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on real quick. The wands thing. The point is, is that when you're in Harry Potter world on the bottom, it has little gold plates on the bottom of the world. And there is how to do the magic. You don't even need to use the map. You can just wander around and find these little emblems on the ground. It shows you how to do it on the gold emblem. And there are people all around you 
who are like, oh, you need to do like this and you'll get it. Like spell casters or whatever. That's so, fun. Super like that. seamless. Super seamless. There's no really reason well why they couldn't incorporate that in. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I just learned the other day that my Magic Band Plus, so you can like control the colors on it. <laughs> I don't know where I've been living under a rock for Disney yeah. for Magic mm -hmm. Bands. Oh, look, I can change the colors. And I finally synced mine the other day for the first time, too. So that's good times. <laughs> Yeah, both things going for you. But it's complicated, like, the fact that I didn't know that. I literally am, like, in the parks all the time, and I didn't know that. I'm, like, I, I'm not somebody who doesn't do my research. It just it was, didn't seem very, like, obvious. And I'm, like, okay, so how many other people are also missing all these other things that it could be doing because they don't understand it, you know, which is frustrating. Yeah, I, I would say that if Magic Band Pluses... Uh, the limited ones especially did different unique light up sound effects and the tap style i think i could embrace them more but because magic band plus had that and that was such a special thing now they're starting to add it cast members now i believe it plays oh, it's not when you wish upon a star it does it plays some little song now just for cast members with, who have m band so i think that's really cool it's magic band plus uh Step up the music at the tap styles, and I, I think I'll start touting your praises more. Yeah, then adding things into the you queues. You sync it the using the least. My Disney Experience app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interactive um, in the queues, I agree. Yeah, so, yep, I'm, I think we agreed with that. I feel I have found myself reaching for my older ones more and more just because I don't feel like charging it. Like, I have to charge, like, six things when I come back to my room every night, and I'm like, I'm done charging things. You have made my case. <laughs> That's exactly why I don't do it. Okay, so let's talk about, um, how about things like fireworks packages? Ah, so I... <laughs> ah. 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 <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I've done a fireworks package. I normally would just say like how I feel about it, but I've actually done a fireworks package. I highly recommend the fireworks package that includes the dessert party post-fireworks. And the reason why is if you do the pre-fireworks, you kind of are in this weird jockeying position where you're like, oh, we got to eat fast, like feel rushed because you have to run out to the hubgrass and get a good spot. Because mm. folks like me who are getting the dessert party afterwards, we don't care about the dessert party right now. We're getting is a good spot. Is your slithering coming out? <laughs> I'm an ambitious and resourceful. Dude, pivot. Pivot. First of all. That is totally Slytherin to be able to take what you have and take your resources and make the best out of them. They, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, no, honestly, the, I think the dessert parties, the only problem is the if it's a very crowded time, like where you know the hub is going to be smoked, like we're talking about summertime, peak time, those are really when the dessert parties shine because you're guaranteeing a spot a really good, comfortable spot that is not overcrowded, that you don't have to wait multiple hours for, I think there's a value in that. The other thing is if you are particularly uh, someone who enjoys imbibing alcohol, this is the best alcoholic bang for your buck because it's all you can drink, which is super weird. And for the price point, for the how much an actual beverage would be, you'd only need to drink like four drinks and you would easily have made what the cost of those drinks would be outside. And then you're getting all of the, the cheese and desserts and the fireworks. 
but if, if you're not into alcohol and you're okay with just maneuvering a little bit with crowds, I think it's a nice to have, not a need to have. Yeah, I'm bummed out that the Epcot one, like my favorite places in Epcot that I used to book around fireworks time mm -hmm. that you could use to just be in the right place at the right time and you'd get some really good seating for it. And now they've made it all fireworks seating. Like they found, they figured out that we were doing that. And now they made it ex extra expensive because I was looking into, we used to sit at Spice Road table and then to sit there till the fireworks started. And it was like gorgeous place to sit and watch the fireworks. But now it's like $78 per person mm -hmm. for fireworks. And right now it's Epcot forever. So it's for sure not worth it no. for that. Like, don't even don't. It's like, it's too, it's, you know what? Honestly, forget about the show for a second. It's a very, very short experience mm -hmm. where Harmonious, you were getting like a 20 minute, 25 minute show. You're only getting uh, like a 10 minute runtime on Epcot forever. And the show is kind of, eh. yeah. So, yeah, totally agree. Hang on. I have a great question from Taylor. I'm going to flip the script on you. Name some favorite spots to go watch here. Oh, I'm going to reframe it. I'm going to reframe it into another one. Lightning rounds. No explanation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Top two best uh, viewing experiences uh, for the fireworks. And then top two spots to watch the fireworks in MK that uh, people wouldn't think of. What? Those are two different questions. Um. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's all um, fireworks, obscure spots, okay. really popular, but good spots. Really popular, but good spots. I always do the, like, if you're facing the castle, the right side of the castle is like my favorite. Um, or the other one would be down Main Street USA. So you can see all of the projections and the castle at the end. So that's my two. And then my obscure spots. I really love the bridge in, this is in Magic Kingdom, the bridge to, um, from Frontierland that's mm -hmm. right in front of Splash or Tiana's, I guess now, but, um, that you can see the reflection of all the lights and everything in the water, which is just gorgeous. Um, and, or I would say in Fantasyland, I like right behind, like right in front of Enchanted Tales with Belle but like behind the carousel, there's kind of like a little path there. That's one mm -hmm. of my favorite places to sit. So, I think yeah. that's 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 Lem's favorite obscure spot is the spot by Enchanted Tales. That's where he likes. Mm -hmm. uh, my top two favorite. I'm with you. I like to go right side because you can see Tink better, and I think it's also easier to get out. Like if you're going out directly to the buses, they open up that side um, gate, and you can go right out yeah. there. Yep. Only very. One that's by Casey's slash uh, Emporium slash First Aid Baby Care Center over by Crystal Palace that occasionally opens has to be really, really jam packed. But they always open the one uh, next to uh, the Plaza and Tomorrowland Terrace. Uh, another, what I think is iconic, would be on a ride, and that would be my uh, Big Thunder. I think yeah. everybody loves watching fireworks from a ride. Big Thunder is the best ride to watch fireworks from. You get the most viewing angles, the most open sky. I always liked Splash Mountain, but you really had to time it and you would miss a lot of opportunities. Big Thunder is is great. And then my People Mover. Yes, People People Mover is okay because you the canopy overhang cuts off a lot of your your space. I actually like yeah. Speedway too, and Dumbo and Astro Orbiter because they're again open air, good spots. 
Probably even um, Magic Carpets is another good one. If they let you just run it, you're like, I'm just staying on this, and they just let you sit there. Uh, but Obscure Spots, my favorite is always Gaston's Tavern. There's tables, but what I do is I take the chairs from the tables, I pull it all the way out. Basically, I'm in the walkway, but nobody's out there except for me and the photo pass people. And, uh, and I just sit there and watch overlooking over Gaston's, and you can see Beast Castle as well. It's just such a beautiful... And then you can... You can just look to the left and you'll be able to see the uh, fireworks that go off in front of the castle and you actually get to see Tink fly there too. So that's my favorite obscure. My second favorite one, which I use, I still like, uh, but that's just for fireworks and a beautiful skyscape is in front of the Punzi bathrooms. There's a rock wall and I actually like to sit, put my back up against the rock wall and put my feet up like you can kind of recline on this one spot. But they've been doing the lantern photo pass photo there a lot which kind of yeah. takes up that space and puts a lot of people there i if i'm going obscure i want to be the only one to four people there someone saw cinderella watching the fireworks the other day that's kind of cool mm -hmm. i've never seen that i you know it is very interesting to see what's happening in the parks and they're all good enhancements so i'm excited i applaud it me with the girls we saw the stepsisters yelling at people on the carousel as they were riding around and then they <laughs> so rode fun. the carousel. That's like Disneyland. It now seems like they're finally we're, listening. Yeah, the we're, people we're want that. We're doing things that you should. Mm -hmm. <sighs> it's so nope. frustrating that they haven't done that. You know, like, why haven't they been doing that all along? Because Disneyland's been doing it forever. It's okay, though. Like, don't, you can't, listen, comparison is the thief of joy. It's so true. you just got to be excited and happy that we're going in the right direction of more exciting magical moments that make your dollars make sense when you're there because there's definitely been a a large prevalence and attitude towards the parks are not worth the money and i feel like that is contextually probably hitting on bookings bookings are at a historical low right now mm -hmm. i think that's because the 50th's done i think also all the panorama money is gone so you know, yeah. we're, tr we're trying to fill that void. You fill that void by over-delivering. And people will pay you for over-delivering, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. I think you're right. And that, that is kind of like one of my other questions is like, there's been a lot of talk about how the freebies that Disney's kind of like eliminated over the past few years. Like, and so how do we can talk about them like Magic Express, the free magic bands, extra magic hours, like the list goes on and on of things they've eliminated. So I guess my question then for you would be, how do you get the most value for your money out of Disney now that they've kind of decreased some of the benefits you get? I, um, the best way to do it is massive amounts of research. Uh, you know, if you, if there's plenty of people that can answer questions for you, there's plenty of free research tools on TikTok. You can watch any of the live streamers uh, that are in the parks and they usually have really good information and ask a lot of questions. Uh, there are so many still free things to do, like the stickers, going around and collecting all those stickers. Like who would have thought that that was a huge thing? That's fun. And yeah. there's hundreds of stickers to collect and they're completely free and it's really fun. It's like this fun scavenger hunt. What I loved about it is I got my girls involved and I forced them to go and talk to cast members and use their manners and ask and like that part of just like learning to communicate effectively is cool. So I just thought, um, yeah, I was, I was excited to see 
you know, the kids kind of interacting with more adults to ask for things. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, but cast members are still where the magic is at. There still are, you know, things like buttons that you can get and celebrate. There's still uh, photo pass magic shots still exist. So there's there's still plenty of things to do. Like the tea tour was free. Uh, that's in the UK pavilion in Epcot. I mean, there's things. The problem is it's not easy to find them. It's not easy to get engaged with them. And you're already over planning like crazy. Where do you throw in the planning for that stuff? I take sure. it for granted because I'm obsessed and I'm there. And even if I wasn't there, I would be doing what everybody else is doing with over consuming video content to get myself prepared. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that that's probably your best avenue to find magical moments and then uh, and then price them out accordingly. I, I also am a huge fan of buying some souvenirs before you go, especially for your kids uh, so that you can surprise them. We like to do uh, Tinkerbell gifts, which are awesome. It's like like they wake up for good behavior. Tinkerbell like spread a little pixie dust. You know, those things, I, I think that's great. Uh, so there, there's, and you know, you can always splurge on something, but you don't have to pay for food if you don't want to. I've seen families come in with full spreads, like sick food spreads. And I'm like, this is way better than any quick service here. <laughs> so it's Magic Kingdom. Yeah, ma- yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Magic Kingdom, oh dude, I can I share with you something I found that I really love? Yeah. There's a grilled chicken sandwich kids meal at Cosmic Rays. We know Cosmic Rays is not great. But what I did was I got uh, apples, but you could also get an orange for your side too. And I took the, uh, the little mini chicken sandwich, which is about like this big. It's not a, not a small sandwich. It wasn't like a little like one biter. It was nice. Uh, I put barbecue sauce on top of it, and then I threw the apples on it. And it was like this apple smoked uh deliciousness <laughs> it was so good and you it was like apples it, on the chicken and yeah, the barbecue a, sauce you've never had like apples and chicken together it was delicious i've had it apples so and chicken good. but i don't know if i've ever had barbecue sauce with it oh my you That's are missing out or you can make like a little gasparilla chicken sandwich by putting the orange slices on the uh on the chicken too everybody over fire. here is like no Dude, <laughs> Cassie's well, an abomination. Don't let him lie. <laughs> I've got 126 people over here that are into it. So y'all Everybody's on the mom street side like, are no, losing your no. minds. Welcome <laughs> like, to we Bro to, Street where we, we throw stuff on stuff. <laughs> yeah. We had to watch him eat it. <laughs> Think like after smoked bacon. Think about like any time you've had... Uh, it's, it just adds a little bit of sweetness <laughs> and it adds a crunch. It's delicious. It's got texture. It's got, it is so good. I, you know what? I'm going to have to make a video now. I love it. They're going to take it away. Like, I can't what? make a video. They'll take it away from me. I don't want to ruin it. I'm not taking a they video. Will. Yeah, be like, no, just go, just go. try. No, anytime <laughs> I've, I have known there, a couple of my videos have gone viral on things that I've shared that have been great and they've gone away. So I refuse to make that content and just share it in live streams. So if you see it in a live stream, you're lucky because I won't make, I don't want to ruin it. You made a French fry taco? I did make a French fry taco. (laughs) 
explain yourself. <laughs> I forget what I forget what the base was. Because uh, you just said add a fries, lettuce, and ketchup. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my burger, my burger came with lettuce, and it was like a lot of extra. So uh, here's a pro tip: if you go to Cosmic Rays, they got rid of the fixins bar, but you can ask for all the fixins, and they'll put it in like a little dish. So you could basically make like a side salad if you want: tomatoes, lettuce, onions. Like they give you like a decent portion of it. So yeah, I took like an in and out protein style. I took the lettuce as my bread. <laughs> or tortilla and threw fries in it. I think I put barbecue sauce and yeah, it was delicious. This makes me sad. I you I'm excited that you're going to go to Disneyland and like learn what like because I feel like you're just that it's desperation that's making you do these things. It's not, it's not desperation, <laughs> it's resourcefulness. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I could have eat I could have eaten boring French fries. Or I could have thrown them in lettuce with some barbecue sauce and had a completely delicious new experience. <laughs> Played it fast and loose with the word delicious, but fair enough. <laughs> For, bro, you haven't tried it. You can't say that to me. Next time you're here in Walt Disney World, I will treat you to a delicious chicken apple barbecue sandwich. And you tell me if it's disgusting or not. Because if you think it's disgusting, I will gladly eat yours and you're a fool. <laughs> Okay. Do you like barbecue sauce? Because that's like that's a linchpin. I don't know if I would like that combination. So do you like apples? I I do like apples. Well, how about well, how about them apples? apples. <laughs> Is there barbecue yeah. in that? Did you was it okay? Tell the truth now. Yeah. Was it actually barbecue sauce instead of soup in that mug? <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking it's too late for coffee, but you want something warm for your throat? <laughs> Try Simply Natural Vegetable Broth for a, for a discerning palate. Organ. Did you see the top cut ball? There you go. I get them at Aldi. They're like a dollar fifty, and uh, it's organic vegetable broth. Everybody's I, you know. so creative. I know you've recently been to Universal a little bit more, yeah. and so I thought maybe it'd be interesting to hear Universal versus Disney, not in like, which one's better, but more like, maybe like what age groups you'd recommend for families, like from a family perspective, like what, how would you approach, you know, which one would you recommend or, or how many days it, if they're going <sighs> yeah, to yeah. travel? These are great questions. Uh, I struggle, like where I can immediately say, Mel would have an amazing time at Universal. I think my kids would enjoy parts of Universal, uh, but they, the best parts of Universal, they probably could not explore. So your kids need to be taller to be able to enjoy the more thrilling roller coasters or even some of the indoor themed roller coaster things like the mummy. So there's, I think it's a more adult park now. However, they're trying to change that a little bit, but it's not there yet. So I, I think, that it's better for kids seven to 10 would be when I would start introducing them into Universal. Uh, younger kids should be at Disney. However, there is something about Universal that is so freeing. Like, let me just wipe all of your anxieties away. I went in on Wednesday, 
I had no park reservation. I had no lightning lanes. I had no Genie Plus. And I was able to get on almost all of the e-ticket attractions that I wanted to because they use single riders extremely effectively and good use of their wait times and just knowing how the park works. They have a lot, a lot more attractions than a Disney park does aside from maybe Magic Kingdom. But Magic Kingdom square footage still could use more to be able to handle the amount of people. So Universal does a really, really nice job of diverting people throughout their parks geographically, pulling them with, uh, with their carrots. I just love not having to worry about anything and just going and doing. That does not exist in a Disney park now. And I just, I loved it. I love that part. And you get to okay, the big, single, big, yeah. Jack, Jackie makes a good yeah. point. Single rider lines don't help their family unless you have it, one person who wants to go on a ride and nobody else does. Yeah, that's, they do child swap. So I, you know, that's another thing that is a nicety that they have at the Disney parks as well, but there is child swap here. Uh, but if you were, st- here's the other big difference. You would never have to book lightning lanes ever, ever at Universal. If you were going to purchase Express, which is their Express Pass, which I never suggest that you do, it's $80 per person per day. That's a lot of money, especially for a family of four. But here's the win. And here's where you're discrediting the Express Pass that gets included with deluxe resorts there. A deluxe resort will maybe cost you 250 bucks a night thousand yeah, dollars for the Grand Floridian and it doesn't even include Genie Plus. You yeah, get it. You get true. it. Think about this. Family of four, 80 bucks. You're talking about $320 for a family of four. That's less than your hotel room at a deluxe resort. So you're getting the best resort that you can physically just walk to the parks with and you don't book a single lightning lane. You can't be limited to how many times I want to ride pirates or the Hulk or Velocicoaster, I can just go through the express all day long and never worry about about it. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm sad about it too. But that's why I'm saying it's it's absolutely incredible if you stay at a deluxe. And I honestly think that most people can probably, if you're going for a couple of days, it's probably worth it to get a pass as well. Uh, because I think it'll be even cheaper for you, then you're you're getting everything, the best of all things. You're getting discounts, you're getting early entry, you're getting express passes, and you're getting massive discounts on the hotels. Massive. Yeah. Like I've I've seen some of the hotels on Universal property, seventy bucks a night. If they could step up their game for the younger crowd. They, I think they could give Disney a run for their money. Especially They're going to though. The, Epic the Universe, yeah. Epic Universe is going to smoke them because you have Super Mario World, so they're going to have Mario. two major, so, whatever, Super Mario. So yeah, Super Mario World. Uh, <laughs> My son now says it that way all the time, just to like annoy me because he knows you do it. So yeah. thanks for that. So well. <laughs> You know what's funny is like I that's how I say it. Like I'm never gonna change it. It's just like everyone makes fun of me because I call the Jimmy Fallon ride the Jimmy Kimmel ride, and I will never call it the Jimmy Fallon ride because I never remember that it's Jimmy Fallon. I always say it's Jimmy Kimmel. So like everyone's like it's Fallon, and I'm like I don't care. So, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> but the uh, when you're getting you're getting already a gigantic how to train your dragon section. You're getting in Monsters Land a Monsters Dark Ride. You're also getting a Slinky Dog Dash, same exact manufacturer installed roller coaster. You're getting two of the uh, the Yoshi's Islands ride and the Mario Kart ride. And then you're also getting a Donkey Kong Country roller coaster, which looks insane. That park alone is going to give a run for the money. And they're leaning in more into Minions property with the new Minion Con. So I, I still think Universal is an adult park. It really is right now. In its given state, it's a more adult park until your kids can appreciate and go on roller coasters. And it's really in that seven to 10, depending on your height and maturity level of your child. Uh, so, but Universal has so much to offer and the theming. I, I just, we started watching the Harry Potter movies cause like, I'm like, oh man, like, I, are they even the good for our kids are at a good age for it. Our kids didn't want to stop watching it tonight for bedtime. And then, and I, looking at how <clears throat> Diagon Alley looks and I was in it yesterday in universal. Like you're walking into that entire world where like you go into fantasy land, you're in a theme park that's really well themed and epic story tales, but everything's a la carte, you know, like when you step into Winnie the Pooh, you're in Winnie the Pooh. When you step into Seven Dwarves, you're in Seven Dwarves, but it's all a la carte. It's it's seamlessly connected well, with Fantasyland, but it's not, <clears throat> you know. But apart from like Batu, Toy Story Lands, like there's certain areas that more are like Disneyland. that. Land, like we have Avengers Campus and we have Cars Land and we have like some very specific ones that are <clears throat> right, they right. Are but themed. we don't really we yeah. don't really have that in worlds, right? So like yeah. Toy Story Land, you have that. You have that on Batu. Uh, you have that with. Um, I feel like Adventureland is pretty seamless because nothing's really like truly rooted, uh, like unique enough IP. Like it all really kind of blends together yeah. until you get to like Pirates. Pirates doesn't necessarily Adventureland. It's kind of its own land. Yeah, it really is yeah. its own thing. Uh, but all the rest, it really connects nicely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, to me, Universal really feels like it would appeal to like my son who's almost 13 and like up because awesome. he really just wants to do roller coasters and like he loves all those movies and like jurassic mm -hmm. park is big and like he i think he would love it there um but like my girls i'm like maybe in a few years maybe but they don't love big roller coasters so they would they would not have as much to do there i think i think that so. harry potter is the real Harry Potter and Jurassic Park are the real things that tie together those parks. It, like they're the better IPs, especially uh, both Wizarding Worlds. They're doing another Wizarding World in Epic Universe, so they're just going to keep on expanding on that. And I do think that yes, an older kid is is more suited for Universal because also what happens is you get to that too cool mode when you're in a teenager, and Disneyland seems like it's for babies. You know, that's not true. I mean, we're all adults going to Disney and loving it. So it, that's not that's not fair. But they want more thrilling experiences. And Universal has thrilling experiences where like you could take any roller coaster that's at Universal, even the worst ones. And they're still more thrilling than anything Disney throws at you roller coaster wise. And I'm not saying that's good, bad and different. I'm just saying yeah. they are throwing that it at just you. Is. Yeah, yeah, it just is. Yeah, like I know 
and for me, that's always been something where I actually prefer Disneyland or Disney in general, because I was like, I don't really want the things that are going to make me feel physically ill afterwards yeah. because I'm so sensitive yeah. to that. So for me, I'm like, that's a huge, like, oh man, it would be a bummer because I wouldn't be able to go on a lot of things yeah, well, where I'd have to prepare. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things, them. right? So like Universal um, uh, Music on here just said it's less size inclusive. It totally is not size inclusive for certain things. Even me, right? Like, uh, I had a very difficult time, and I probably will not go on it very frequently unless it's completely dead. Going on Ripsaw uh, Falls, which is their log flume, great theming. It's really cute, but getting in and out of that log is impossible. There's a lap bar, you crunch up and somebody you don't know. It's really uncomfortable. I don't like it. And getting out, it's worse. It's somehow one and a half times worse than getting out of Space Mountain. No, oh, that's bad. Yeah. It's somehow that's already really hard to get out of. Yeah. It's really, really, really challenging for that specific ride. But then you go across the way to Popeye's uh, Bilge Rats, which is like a giant raft ride. And it's the best raft ride I've ever been on, both in terms of thrills and experience and theming. They tell a cohesive, amazing story the entire time. It's just, it's so beautiful. Like I was mm. like, this is so good. And you get drenched on, it's everything you want in that style of attraction. And it's perfect. It's absolutely mm. dead perfect. Hmm. Well, now I want to go to Universal. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna, here's the deal though. Like I think, listen, I know you and I know what you're into. And honestly, Lem is very similar to you. Like when Lem goes and streams at Universal, he doesn't do a lot of rides because most of the rides make him sick. And that's because yeah. there is a little bit more of a push towards slightly spinning and simulation. Yeah. So yeah. the combination of those things can be a little bit queasy. And, and I, I get that. Uh, I have some moments on certain rides, but not the majority of them. But again, where are you going to be able to step into Jurassic Park? Where are you going to be able to step into Harry Potter? Where are you going to be able to go and ride with E.T. and fly to his home planet. <laughs> I know, I can't. No, E.T., no, I will never go on that ride again, ever. Because I have. I went to Universal. Hey. No, <laughs> no, no. Ouch. I have such a massive fear of E.T., for those of you who don't know. So, And it stems from Universal Studios Hollywood when I went to when I was, like, 11. And I was already terrified of E.T., and then he said my name at the end of the ride. And I so i can't go on that ride ever, ever. that's my favorite part it's the best <laughs> it's the absolute literal best um and for for the record like i'm for 100 i'm 100 always going to be a disney person i'm not going to become a universal person anytime soon but it would be fun to go especially because the harry potter stuff well, i do like harry potter a again lot, so. I, th I think the interesting <laughs> thing for me is that uh, like when you were in the live streams while I was streaming, I feel like it's because of what Disney evokes uh, emotionally for you, the connections and nostalgia and memories that you have. They're very uniquely different and only available at Disney, right? Yeah. So where... Unless I go on E.T. because I apparently have memories of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not I, good I, ones. <laughs> I'm more... In, my family we went to disney maybe three times but we've been to many different theme parks as a family clemens park hershey dorney six flags sesame place 
uh, Kings Islands, like we've uh, Bush Gardens, we've been to all these different parks together. So for me, I value going to new themed and I, I love theme because I, I, I don't just like rides. I don't just like rides. Like otherwise I could go to a carnival and have the time of my life. But if that carnival ride has like a little bit of theming, I'm in. You know, like I just a little, I just need a little snippet of a story and I'm <laughs> just in. Just give me a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So, you know, what's unique about the place too is there really isn't anything that's just original. Everything is attached to a movie or a show or a comic, right? Or a cartoon. There's nothing that is just, we made this because we wanted to make this. Yeah. So from that aspect, totally get it. But again, just like Star Wars and just like Batu, I'm a Star Wars fan. I never would have been able to step or sleep with uh, like the Halcyon experience and believe that I am a Star Wars character without that. And they're just movies. So I kind of feel like the same way, a little bit like that, you know, but it's, to me, it's not the same. They are not the no. same like universal and they are two completely different entities. And I feel like yeah. I walk in with two completely different emotions for those parks. Well, I feel like to me, universal feels like one big giant ad for their IP. Whereas Disneyland, like you said, like there's so much that was created that really wasn't attached to IP. Main Street USA was not IP. It was built on nostalgia. You know, yeah. the castle yeah. was not any, I mean, it is Sleeping Beauty Castle. They sign it to princes and stuff, but they really, like, it was meant to represent this stronghold, this anchor point. It was like all of the design of the original parks had nothing to do with like, let's just sell our movies. They of course incorporated that into sections of the park, but the park itself was not about that, which is, it feels like the opposite for Universal. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about Walt Disney World um, and specifically MGM and Universal Studios, because of the costs of California getting so large, Universal goes, okay, well, we should probably build a studio somewhere else that's cheaper and, and we can get a ton of land. So then they start deciding to make this actual studio lot plus theme park. And then Disney does the same kind of with MGM. Because I of think, Michael Eisner. I, but it's, it's just a straight up interesting way to take, again, they could have just stopped at movies, but they didn't. They decided to make rides. And those rides, I cannot discredit the fact that those rides are insanely well-developed, well-themed, well-curated storytelling experiences from queue to pre-show to on-ride to exit to gift shop. So seamless. And the lands are great. Like, I really underrated Seuss Landing. I love Seuss Landing. <laughs> I watched you walk through that. So much. And it's amazing <laughs> at night. So I just think... Um, Again, it's, you can't just go, well, they're just trying to sell their movies, which they are, but they're giving you amazing experiences that if you never knew the stories, movies, things, you would go, this is awesome. Like, think about this. I haven't watched a Harry Potter movie in, I don't know, probably seven, eight years. And here I am wanting to watch Harry Potter. So it's working. It's what they're doing is working. Well, a lot of the people that made a lot of, at least like Harry Potter things in Universal, they were former Imagineers. So it makes sense. It tracks that it's like they use their experience from Disney to tell a really good story over there at Universal. Yeah. So 
I mean, they have that going for them. But yeah, I, I think from a family perspective to just reel it back in here for Mom Street, um, it seems like if you've got older yeah. kids, like teenage, preteen, teenage and up, then it's a it's a it's a win for them, but maybe not for younger than yes, that. Yes, I would totally agree with yeah. that. You definitely get a feel that it is an older place. And the other thing too is like if you're if you have an older family too, like 13, 14, 15, oh I can't wait to take my kids to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh I can't wait. I cannot wait. I already take them into haunted houses that they're like they can get into and they love it. So yeah, it's fun. It's very different, more adult. If you're gonna go and you're gonna spend the money, you might as well do a deluxe resort there. It's not that much more and you'll get express passes. That's what I would recommend. Okay. That'll save you so much headaches and then you can ride till you're, like you could literally do everything in a day if you had that. Um, I do have a question over here, Bush Garden or Universal? Universal, not even a question. <laughs> and it, and this is that's not a knock on Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens is different in the sense that it's a. When you look at a theme park, Bush Gardens is still a theme park, but it's more of a, a a better version of a zoo, with crazy animal encounters interactions. Some of the most amazing animal encounters, followed by world class roller coasters and the best live performance show in terms of like physical talents and skills with their ice skating shows. So I think they do a really, really different experience, but it's not like their level of theming when you go through a queue for a roller coaster and all that stuff, it's not on the level of Universal and nowhere near on the level of Disney. So yeah, um, for but sure. they're, they're very different experiences with very different price points. You can buy a Busch Garden season pass for a hundred bucks. That's a lot. Which, That's not much. <laughs> the, the reason why Bush Gardens is a locals park is because a lot of people from Tampa will just go there and enjoy stuff. So, um, what Disney park is equal to wait times as Universal? That was a question. Um, you know what's funny is I don't really think that there's necessarily like one Disney park versus another that would have comparable wait times. It's just it's very similar to. Hollywood Studios with Rise having a very long wait time and Slinky having a very long wait time. Islands of Adventure, you'll get a very long wait time for Velocicoaster and for um, Hagrid's, but everything else is relatively low and reasonable. Where Studios, everything else is also still really high. Like you're not seeing 60 minutes uh, or less for Runaway unless it's really late at night. You can go to IOA and get on a lot of those attractions that aren't Hagrid's or Velocicoaster, um, and they're going to be 45 minutes, 30 minutes throughout the whole entire day. And Studios has really, really low wait times, except for Gringotts. That's the only one that really pops up. It really seems to make sense to get that deluxe resort and just get that so you don't have to wait in line and go on whatever you want. Uh, that seems yeah, go, to make the most get it sense. through the hotel, though. Just don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I I could ask you questions all day because these are fascinating conversations, but I feel like we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but thank you, Kirk, for being on Mom Street, Dude Street, Dan Street, Guy Street, Bro Street, Street. Dude Street. <laughs> With us and, uh, and answering all of my really random questions about 
things. It's been really fun to get to chat yeah. with you about, I mean, we've been talking about Jungle Cruise on Distory for eons now, so we can talk about something else for a little yeah, it's while. it's nice to just, and this is stuff like we know off the cuff and don't need that much prep. So this, right. I always like these conversations, they're always fun, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you for being our special guest tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, thanks everybody for joining us for Mom Street USA. We really appreciate you being here and asking all your questions and hanging out with us, um, even though Jackie was away. Next week on Mom Street USA, I um, don't know what we're doing. <laughs> here, let me check. Um, so next week we're going to do a topic. Most likely, we're not really sure. I'm gonna check in with Jackie before I tell you which one, but we'll for, for sure be doing a topic next week um, on about Disney. So. Um, tune in next week for that, and we'll have this also up as a podcast and on our YouTube at Mom Street USA. So thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful night, and we will see you next time. And make sure you go to Amazon and type in Kate Grasso and go buy Kate's new book. <laughs> we had Fireflies Dance just came out today, so this is book launch day, and I just saw um, someone said they just got it. Mama Britt, thank you for getting the book, and uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Night, guys. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> see y'all.